0: message in the book of James. It's our ninth week. We're ending it. James has got some really cool words. And after all the wisdom and everything that he's taught us, because the theme of James is how to walk your talk, is how to put your faith into action, how to actually live like Christians. He talks about how to deal with trials and temptations. He talks about not playing favorites when you look at other people and you love other people. He talked a lot about finding practical wisdom and taming our tongue and all these really good practical topics. And then he ends it with something very important. Now, this is James, the younger brother of Jesus, writing and saying, man, I learned a lot of stuff from my brother. I want Christians to to live their lives like this. And I gave you a lot of practical advice. But here's what's really important. Let me tell you this at the end. What is very, very important in life is to know all the wisdom that Jesus taught. But you also need to know that you can go straight to the source yourself. And he talks to us today about the power of prayer that it's going straight to God. And like living our life in faith, that's all good. But make sure that you're connected and you're going straight to God. So he talks about the power of prayer. Now, I just took two weeks off PTO time. My kids were on spring break. So I had a lot of fun stuff planned. I was just going to like sleep in every day. We were going to go to the beach and do pool parties and just have a lot of fun. I went out with my friends on boats and fishing and diving and camping. I did a lot of really cool stuff. But along the way... I got hit with some pretty heavy mm, trials, suffering, hardships, some of those things that kind of just come by and blindside you, and, and just situations that I'm dealing with in life right now they are rough, they're rugged. And I'm not gonna tell you about all of them because honestly, frankly, I'm still kind of working them out. I'm still in that season right now and it's still a little bit, I'm, I'll, I'll preach it to you guys someday when the testimony comes through and I'm on the other side of it and I can give God glory, but right now I'm like dealing with them. And so in the midst of these past couple weeks where I've been having fun and getting tan and all of that, I've been struggling with some heavy stuff, stuff heavy on the heart and the head and, and circumstances in my life. And in the midst of having a lot of fun and having a lot of hardship, you know what I've also been doing? I've been doing a lot of praying. This is where today's message comes in. Lots of prayers, extra time in prayer, just on my knees, just seeking God. And I'll tell you this, the prayer is powerful. What I found out in this time of me just struggling and wrestling with all these problems and spending time in prayer is that, here's a word for today. I found that the power of prayer is always stronger than the power of problems in my life. The power of prayer is always greater than the the power of the troubles and the suffering and the hardships in my life. And in the midst of the season of like, oh, it's supposed to be good, but it's really, really hard, but I'm going to pray a whole lot. I've found that the power of prayer actually works. The the friends in my life that know me and they're going like, how are you going through this? We're going to be praying for you, brother. This is really rough. Why are you not like getting distracted and doing all of these different things? And I just said this, I literally, because of praying to God, I literally have what the word says is the peace that surpasses all understanding. People around me are like, how are you doing this? You're like, you should be falling apart. And I look at myself and I go, I don't even understand it, let alone, let alone the world around me. I don't understand how you, when you pray to this God out there, that he actually does something so that the storms and the chaos is swirling around me, but it's like I got a force field bubble that I'm walking in and I'm just like, bubble boy. I'm like, hey, it's all good. Like, I literally have peace and joy that I can't even explain to you guys and it feels so, so good. And right now, as I'm about to preach this, this isn't because James said so, it's because I'm living it, the power of prayer. And I want you to know that that's available for you as well. And that James is gonna to lead us to that, that, that it's not just that we have this really cool um, symbol that we put on our cars and the sticker, the anchor symbol, right? Anchor Church. We changed the name about three years ago from Hope Chapel Caniohebe to Anchor Church. It's not just because we think that symbol is really cool and sexy, because it is. Like, let's be honest, it's pretty cool. You drive around and you're like, "Hey, Anchor, Anchor!" And I got the stickers on my my boards and every everything, and people are like, "Oh, that's a cool, that's a cool logo. Like, what is that? What clothing company?" I'm like, "No, that's my church. <laughs> yep. We're cool, like right? Like, it is a really cool deal. But it's not even about the logo. It's not even about the church. You know what the anchor represents to me? Hebrews 6, 19, and it's talking about Jesus Christ. It says, this hope that we have in Jesus is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. So that's what it's all about here. And I'm telling you this, that the power of prayer can bring that about in your life, like he's doing it in my life right now. And it's really good. So let's look at what James has to say about prayer. You guys Ready? Let's jump in. James 5.13 says, are any of you suffering hardships? Anybody in the room right now suffering hardships? Okay, good. This message is for you. Here's what James says about it. You should pray. If you're going through hard times right now, make sure that you're praying. The The title of the message today is you should pray. Well, okay, if you're going through hardships, you should pray. If you're happy, anybody in the room right now, you're celebrating. God is good. There's victories in your life. You're happy. Anybody happy in the room? I need some happy people in here. Okay, good, we're happy. Well, then here's what he says. You should sing praises, which is another way of praying. Praying is nothing more than communicating with God, talking to God, petitioning God for things in your life. And when we sing praises and songs like this, all we're doing is we're communicating with God. We're praying to God. We're talking about, so it's another way of praying. So if you're suffering hardships, pray. If you're happy, pray, sing praises. Are you sick? Call for the elders of the church to come and what? pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Why do we anoint with oil? Simply because in Bible times, they didn't have neosporin in medicine and stuff like that. They used olive oil. You know that? Like people got wounds and they would put olive oil as as a soothing ointment, as a salve. And so it was a physical manifestation of healing, but it also represented the Holy Spirit anointing us and healing our lives. So James is saying, Hey, if you're going through hard times, good times, you're happy. If you're sick, you should pray and anoint with oil. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And then he says, apart from just healing, if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. So prayer also brings forgiveness. Then he says, confess your sins to each other and there's our word pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. James is telling us here as he ends his letter to all the Christians everywhere, hey guys, make sure you're praying. You really need to pray. In hard times, in happy times, in times when you're sick, in times when you've committed sins and you need forgiveness, hey, it covers them all. Prayer, you should pray. And I'm so thankful that we're a praying church, that we make it a a part of our lives that we do. In January and in August, we have these two three-week periods where the whole church we're trying to lean into, 21 days of prayer. In January, we do prayer and fasting because fasting helps us disconnect more from the world so that we can connect more with God. Then in August, we're going to do a season of praying for our friends, and we call it prayer and feasting. The reason is we're going to use feasting and eating and doing barbecues together and going out to eat together as a means of building relationship with the people in our life that we want to know Jesus. So as we're praying for them to know Jesus, we're going to do some feasting together on a practical side of it. But here's the deal. We're just concerned with prayer around here. We know that prayer makes a difference. We ask you guys to fill out the prayer cards every single week. We pray at every service. We pray at every event. We encourage you to have a personal prayer life. Prayer works. That when you understand the power of prayer, the power of prayer is greater than the power of your problems. So as James said, yeah. you should pray. Amen? Yeah. All right, good. So let's dig into it because he said that prayer, prayer has great power and produces wonderful results. Let's talk about the powerful results that come from prayer. If you're taking notes in your notes, there's a fill in the blank thing. The first thing you need to see is that prayer brings healing. Prayer brings healing. How many of you guys believe in this simple statement that God still heals? Anybody out there, you believe in that? You've experienced that? You've seen that in your life? Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday back in Bible times, that he is the same today in our lives as he will be in the future of our grandkids and those that come after us and the legacy we leave, that Jesus is the same. That means healing and the gifts of the Spirit and the, the wonderful stuff that he does, the powerful results. They weren't just for Bible times, like it's still available today. And there's people I know that believe, no, the miracles and the healings and the gifts of the Spirit and all that, it was only for Jesus to set up the church back in the Bible days. And so after the death of the last apostle, then all of that miraculous stuff kind of stopped. And now we still have a relationship with Jesus and we go to heaven, and if he wants to do a miracle or a healing, it's up to him, but we shouldn't pray for that. We shouldn't expect that he does that today. Well, I'm here to tell you that's, that's not correct. Like that's, I mean, and I'm not telling that because I'm theologically schooled and I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you because God heals me. He has done things in my life. You turn in cards every week that talk about the miraculous healing power of Jesus Christ. When you pray, stuff happens. So just let me tell you this again. God still heals today, amen? He still does. I, we look at those cards, we see sicknesses, we see cancer being healed, so the doctors are scratching their head, like, "How did that happen?" Well, I don't know. we're praying. We believe in a God that still heals. So prayer can bring healing in your life. It can bring small stuff, you know, common cold, big stuff, cancer, leukemia. Like, guess, God can still heal today. Marriages can still heal, marriages. He can still heal. Grumpy people and bad attitudes. Did you guys know that? Amen. There's like, how many of you guys, before you met Jesus, you were grumpy? Come on. You know it. You know, own it. You were like negative, whatever. Some of you guys still know those people. Come on. Yeah? You guys know? You, you came in with one to church today. Anybody? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Oh, you guys, some of you raise your hand. You sold them out, right? And they're just like, like why'd you sell me out to the pastor right now? I'm not grumpy. I'm not grumpy, <laughs> right? Maybe we still need to pray for you. But the adi- the. The basic premise is that prayer, when we pray, it has power because it brings healing. It does bring healing. So here's a question, though. Here's a million-dollar question. Well, why doesn't he heal all the time? Ooh. Why doesn't he heal every circumstance? Why doesn't he heal every time I pray? Why doesn't healing always come? Um, Is he wrong? Something going on? Should I be mad at him? Why is it that sometimes even God allows death? People die from stuff, and they die young. Why is that? Like, like what's going on that? Here's, here's, in all my years of study in Bible college and studying the word and all of this stuff, here's what I have to say on that subject. Real simple. I don't know. Like, that's really all I got. Like, I don't believe any honest-to-goodness human being could say that we understand God 100%. I know that he does still heal because I see it. I've experienced it. I know that he can. But I also know that I have to be smart enough and comfortable enough with the fact that God isn't going to always do everything that I understand. The actual very definition of faith is is in things that you cannot see, right? And so we have to be having enough faith that says, God, I still believe that you're good, that you're still in control, but I just don't always understand why why you don't heal every situation. Why is it that I'm left hurting in certain things? In fact, sometimes we question Him, and I don't I don't think we should question, because He's the God that created the universe. We need to let Him be God. Yeah. Can you just like think about that and just that that subject of the fact that. He is God, and I am not. Did you know that God's way, even though we don't understand it, is still always the best way? That God's way is still the best way. Is that, turn to your neighbor right now next to you and just tell him this. Hey, God is better than you. And just just encourage someone to let him know. Like, not in a threatening way. (laughs) In love, hey, God is better than you. And I know it. Here's why we need to remind ourselves of that. It's a promise, it's not a threat. It's a fact that, Thank you, God, for being God. Because why would I want to be a part of a religion with a God that's supposed to be greater than me if I had it all worked out and I had it all figured out and he couldn't just show up and be God and be smarter than me and be above me at some point? God's way is always best. There's a point, I was reading the book of Job and Job was the guy in the Bible, if you guys remember. He's the guy that got worked the hardest more than anybody in all of scripture, right? He literally just got like pummeled, right, in his life. And as his, his whole livelihood was stripped away from him in the first chapter, he lost all his cattle, his livestock, his, his source of income, everything. All of his children died, 10 kids, seven, seven boys, three girls. The house collapsed on him, killed. Everything's wiped out. Then... He gets like uh, ruined by boils from head to toe all over his body. He's sitting there in pain. His life's a wreck. He has no money. He lost all of his kids. All he has left is his wife and his wife comes in and questions him one day because she's going, how can you still believe in a good God like all, when all this bad stuff? He didn't heal you. He's not fixing the situation. Should we question God? Well, look at Job 2.9. His wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity, your belief in God? You should curse God and die. Come on, how many of you guys thought you had a bad wife and then you're like, whoa, <laughs> Job, Like, thank you God for what I got. I mean, wow, could have had that. But here's his wife that's going, what, how can you, you should doubt God, you should curse him. He's not good. And here's what Job said. Look, you talk like a foolish woman, burn, right? He got her back. You he talk like a foolish woman, nothing. Listen to what he says. Um, should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? And so in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. Here's what Job said. I trust him even if I don't understand. I know he can heal. I don't know why he doesn't always heal, but my God is still good. God's way is still best. And so in the midst of what you may be going through right now in prayer and trying to, trying to sort through what healing is all about, know this is that we still pray to a God that can heal, but it's up to him to decide. But I, I'm not gonna stop praying for that. And we shouldn't either. And that's what James is saying is that if you're sick, you should pray because I read those prayer, those praise request cards every single week. And there's some incredible healings on there. Not just like physical, I was sick, but some people are going, you know what, I used to struggle with depression and anxiety. And guess what, I don't anymore. I'm off medication, I don't even go to therapy. I'm seeing the world under new eyes. And well, what happened? I don't know, man, God did something. I was praying about it, I'm healed, I'm set free. That is what some of you write. So I know that God still heals today. I know that some of you are like, the you know, doctor said we couldn't get pregnant. We tried all these different things. We just gave up already. We just figured maybe we should just go and adopt. And we were praying, but you know we didn't think anything's going to happen. Well, guess what? We got pregnant. Yeah, God still heals. Amen? Like that stuff happens. I don't know why he doesn't do it every time, but God still heals. And so we are going to be a church and a people that we still pray for healing. And we believe that prayer changes things and God can show up and he can bring healing in our lives. Amen? Well, here's the second thing James talks about in praying is that prayer brings forgiveness. This is a big one. Prayer brings forgiveness. We think healing is awesome. We think healing, wow, miracle. I was sick and now I'm well. That's, that's crazy. I had this going on and, and now it's better. That's, we think that's really, really cool. But James, in fact, Jesus actually says, you know what's cooler than healing? And I think healing is pretty cool. Have you, have you ever tried forgiveness? No. Well, what does forgiveness bring? Forgiveness brings way more than just a simple healing. Here's what Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He says, look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Jesus talking to Christians. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. He's talking not about actual snakes and scorpions. He's referring to demonic forces and and oppression and attacks that come our way. I've given you authority to rebuke demonic spirits that try to come and mess up your life. I've given you authority over that. He says, nothing will injure you, but... Don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. You should rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. And what is Jesus saying? He's saying, yeah, it's pretty cool that you can have power against attacks and the demonic and, and even healing and all of that kind of stuff. That's, that's really cool. He goes, but have you ever seen the power of forgiveness in your life? It's better because you know what forgiveness gets you? It gets your name registered in heaven. You're, when you accept the forgiveness, when you pray a prayer of repentance to say, God, forgive me, I wanna be made right, I'm gonna follow you, that now puts you in right relationship with God, that sins out there that are messing up your life, they're forgiven, you have intimacy with him, and now that guarantees that you have eternity in heaven for all of your days. So sometimes when we pray, God, why didn't you heal my friend, my son, my daughter, that person you took them to early, why didn't you heal them? Could it possibly be that God is going, you know what's better than healing them here? The greatest miracle is I brought them home in heaven, the best place in the entire universe, face-to-face with me for all of eternity. And I know you're gonna miss them, but I had to bring them home a little bit earlier and you should be rejoicing for where they are because that's better than a simple healing here on earth. Can I get an amen to that? Some of us need to be encouraged and reminded that heaven is the best place we could possibly be. It's the goal we're all shooting for. And if God takes one of our loved ones there a little bit early, yes, there's hurt, the, there's hurt, there's loss. And it, oh my gosh, it's really, really hard. But possibly Jesus is going, you know what's the best healing for your messed up body down there that's that's physical on earth? Is this new spiritual body I'm gonna give you and you're with me in heaven right now. So I'm just saying that maybe there's a perspective thing that forgiveness is actually better than just healing. Because with forgiveness, when we pray for forgiveness, it comes closeness with God, it comes relationship. He gives us a love that we've never known from any person on earth and we feel it. He gives us purpose in life. I'm not here just to do my job and and hang out on the weekends and then go. You start to realize I'm here to live for God, to glorify him, to tell other people about him. And it changes the way you live. There's freedom. But here's what I love most about this forgiveness of Jesus, what it brings. It brings me right into the presence of God that I can experience him. I can feel him. And honestly, I don't know how to explain that to people that are not Christians. I don't really know how to put into words. No, I feel God in my life. Like he's here. Like, I was sitting up here in worship night this past Wednesday. Did any of you guys go to that worship night this past Wednesday? Sitting here in worship night, and the presence of God was here, and I needed it. So I was up there, and I was just soaking it all in. I didn't care about anybody around me. Raise my hands, close my eyes, sit down, kneel. It didn't matter because I'm experiencing the presence of God. And I'm standing there, and I'm crying like, ugly cry. <laughs> right and it's in a good way and I was so thankful that I was in the front row because none of you guys could see me because my back was here I'm over ah! <laughs> hey guys ah! like, I was like bum- I was like going through this and here's why because I was feeling the presence of God he was speaking to me, he was changing me. He was like, he's breaking me down to the point where he's just so good in my life and so dependent on him and nothing else matters and I'm just worshiping and that's, here's what James is saying is, if you've committed sins, you can pray and forgiveness will come and forgiveness puts you in that place with God where you have his presence, his healing, his power, his love, that's better than healing. Healing is cool, but man, forgiveness and knowing that you're where God wants you, That's the sweet spot of life, amen? Like, that's where we want to be. And so he says, pray for forgiveness. And then the third thing that he tells us is that we should be praying for miracles, that prayer brings miracles, powerful results in our lives. Here's Here's what he says in the next verses, in verse 17 and 18. He gives an example of miracles. He says, Elijah, Elijah was a Jewish prophet. Now, the people, when James is writing this letter, he's writing this letter to all these believers out there, they knew who Elijah was that about 900 to 1,000 years before him writing this, they're going, that was one of God's prophets. We've heard about him. We hear about him in the synagogues and the temple. They read the scrolls about him, and he was a prophet, and we know all the stories of his life, and God is real. And so James is reminding them, hey, remember that prayer brings miracles, like what happened in the life of Elijah. Elijah was this, this prophet to Israel 1,000 years prior to this. And it says he was as human as we are. He's just a normal guy. Like He, he had the power of God, but he's, he's human, Yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Whoa, miracle. Then when he prayed again, the sky sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. So James is saying, pray for miracles like that to happen in your life. Well, it may not be in regards to rain or anything like that in your life, but you should be praying for the supernatural, unexplainable events and circumstances that happen in your life because God is trying to bless you. The stuff that you're like, I don't know how that happened. I don't, ha- I don't know what to say. Like, I've talked to people recently that are like, you know the house that we own? I'm like, yeah, that house is huge. It's amazing. They're like, there's no way we could have afforded that. It wasn't even on the market. We didn't know that. And they, they go on to tell me a series of miraculous events that helped them get into this house. And I sit there and I go, I can't argue with that. That's God. That's cra- that's, that's a miracle that God does supernatural, unexplainable stuff in your life to bless you. And it could be. Something like uh, money shows up from nowhere right when you needed it. And sometimes it's the exact amount that you needed to pay the bill or for the trip or for, for the medical thing or whatever. And you're like, who, who knew that? Like, where did that come from? I didn't put that in my account. Where did that come? I'm not even gonna question. I'm just gonna take the money. Praise God, it's there. That was a miracle. I'm just gonna own the miracle. It could be just, just uh, supernatural protection from harm. I've talked to some people that they get into accidents that literally, and you guys know this, should have killed them. And somehow they walk away and they're protect- There's people in this room I know today that have had this kind of miraculous event in your life. And you need to remember that God is at work in your life. And here's what miracles do. They remind us that God is bigger than we think he is, that he's better than we think he is. And it's always a reminder to go, ooh, I serve a mighty God. I better not take it for granted. But God does miraculous. I had miraculous healing. I had chronic back pain for two years in my life couldn 't figure out what it was. I, I sat in the car and I drove a lot all day because I had this job in, the, in California where I was like driving around to all these companies and I had to do all of this this repair work and all this stuff. I was always on the freeways and driving, so I thought, maybe that's what's wrong with my back. I got all kinds of cushions, I did all kind of stuff, massage, I tried all this stuff, prayer, prayer, prayer. Um, I even, like, put my wallet in my... You know how they say you sit on your wallet and it's a, if guys carry, like, big wallets? Like the George Costanza wallet. You guys remember from Seinfeld? George couldn't close his wallet. It was like... Ugh. And so I had this big wallet and I'd take that out and I'm like, no, what is it? Back pain wouldn't go away. Two years I suffered. Every morning I wake up. ah, ah. I go to this pastor's conference one night, 300 people there. This guy gets up, has a, has a gift of healing. And I'm like, oh, we'll see. Because I'm like a pastor, but I'm very skeptical, right? Like, we'll see if you do. And he starts calling out people in the audience. Oh, somebody here has a, you know, a hurt arm, and I just pray healing over that. And somebody here has this. Somebody here has back pain. I'm thinking, yeah, it could be like 40 people here with back pain. So it's not just singling me out. But you know what? In faith, God, I'm always open. I'm skeptical, but Listen. I'm always open to anything, any word, any miracle, anything that God has. I just don't want to miss an opportunity for God to really show up. Even though I'm skeptical, I'm like, I'm skeptical, but I have faith to believe it could happen. So I received it. Like, oh, someone here has back pain. Receive the healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until a week and a half later that I realized i have been waking up for a week and a half, and my back pain has been gone. For two years, every single day, I had it, and now it's gone. And that was years ago, and it's never come back like that. So listen, I believe in miracles. I believe in healing. I believe that we need to be praying for these things and that God wants to use prayer as a way to activate his goodness in our life. Is that good for you? Here's the other thing. This is the main point that I want to talk about is that prayer grows our faith. This is more important than the miracles of forgiveness and the healing is that it's part of the process of growing our faith. Because here's what you need to know as a Christian. You don't instantly have faith and relationship with God that is mature, that is intimate, that is amazing, that is trusting and hoping, is we all come from different backgrounds and we all come and we just kind of start small and we go, I think God is good. I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna start following him. And along the way, we're on the spiritual journey that grows us into like perfection or wholeness or one day we arrive and we never really arrive until we get to heaven, but, but we get stronger and tighter with God. So faith is a process It doesn't just happen instantly. It's like we slowly grow in it. And God says prayer is part of that process. Because when James references Elijah, we all think Elijah instantly got faith and the miracle instantly prayed. He prayed, rain stopped. He prayed again, the rain came back after three years. We're like, wow, what a man of God, he prayed. But the reality, if you read the backstory, which I did, I went back to 1 Kings 17 and 18, and I read about this story of Elijah. You can go read it yourself. But what you find in Elijah is a very good model of the process of prayer and in growing our faith. That you don't just become a man of God and command a whole nation. No rain's going to fall for three years. It, it, he had to work up to this thing. And this is what I think is in the process of growing our faith, it isn't that we're the process and we're trying to get to the end result and the end result is a goal, goal. I believe the process is the point. I believe that what God wants most in our lives is the wrestling, is the figuring out, is the process that he's leading you through. Sometimes the doubt, sometimes you take one step forward, two steps back, but God likes the process. If we're all on a spiritual journey, it's the journey that matters more than the destination. Like when I'm raising my kids, who's got, who's got kids in here? Who's parents in here today? And you've either, you're either got them in the house, you're raising them now, or maybe some of you are older and they're out living their adult life already and you've, you've raised them and all that. But here's what I know about the, the process of raising kids is that the process is actually sweeter than the end result. My end goal is, I'm hoping this, is that my kids are gonna grow up, they're gonna become adults that love Jesus and they're successful in life. Honestly, if they love Jesus and have a relationship with him, they're guaranteed successful, whatever it looks like. I don't care what they become and what they do, but if they know Jesus and they love the people around them and they love their families, that's the end result. But here's what I know, is that if I'm focused on the end result of them becoming adults, when they become adults, I'm not gonna be in their life as much anymore. Because my son right now, he's 18, he's about to turn 18 this week, he's graduating in a few months And he's going to move to California to go to college. He's not going to be in my life anymore, like physically, right? I can FaceTime him and all of that stuff. But he's not going to be around anymore. And I know that, potentially, he's going to start his adult life. And he may not come back to visit that much. He might have a job. He might get involved in his life up there. He may, even in the next few years, eventually get married. And then he's going to really be on his own and have his his own family and all of this. And I'm realizing, that's cool. That's the end result but I'm not gonna have that much time with them. So the sweet spot in life is in the process of raising my kids. Let me show you a picture of them. I took them camping the other week on the west side and we got to have a couple of days of surfing and diving and fishing and camping and, and sleeping out under the stars and all of this stuff. And I love my son, I love all, my, all three of my kids, but I know that the end result for them to be successful adults, yay, but that means you're not gonna be around me all the time anymore. And so the sweet spot is in this process that I get to be a part of. That's why I said, "Dude, we got to go camping before you go. I got to get make some memories with you. I need you in my life." Like, and he's got to schedule it right because he's like a senior. He's got all busy plans. And I "Hey, dude, pencil me in. Come on, let's get together. Let's <laughs> let's camp. You know." But we just hung out. And what you got to understand is that prayer is part of this process that is growing you, that it's the spiritual journey that you're on to get to the point of maturity in Christ someday, and God really loves the process. He loves the prayer, and there is a process to it. Elijah didn't just go one day, hey, I'm following God, and I'm gonna like, call out all these commands on an entire nation of people. I wanna take you through the story of really what happened here, so you can see that it's a process for you, the same as it would be a process for Elijah. Now, here's what it, it says, is that Elijah was a man of God, is a prophet. He was called upon to speak to God's people, Israel. The nation of Israel at the time had a king named Ahab, who the scripture says was the most evil king of all the kings that Israel ever had, that God was like disappointed in him. He turned the people to other false gods and all this stuff. So God says, Elijah, you're my man. I want you to go in there and show them that I have power, that I am God. So he comes in, he shows up and he goes, hey, King Ahab, basically God told me that there, no rain's gonna come for the next few years because he's God. You need to take notice of who he is. So from that day forward, no rain fell. Not only no rain, but listen to this. No dew even came in the morning. It wasn't even wet moisture in the night. There was no moisture in the air at all for three, three years. And we think, wow, that's mighty. That's a mighty man of God that he would come and say that. Well, it says that Elijah said that and then he went and hid for three years by the brook over here on the side because he's like suddenly became Israel's most wanted hey, you're the guy that turned off the water. Now we're in a drought. Thanks a lot, Elijah, right? So he's like, we all think mighty man of God, but in reality, he says something God tells him to do. And then he's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go hide. And he went and he hid for three years. But then it says, when God told him, I'm gonna bring the rain back, he says, go and tell Ahab that the rain's coming back. But even in that process of the rain coming back, listen, there was a process of prayer that happened along the way. And I hope this encourages you is that here's what we read in the story is in 1 Kings 18, 41, it said, Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink. Elijah tells the king, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. In other words, he's predicting the rain is coming back. And so Ahab went to eat and drink. And we would think, Oh, mighty man of God, he called it out. He prophesied the rain's coming back. But you know what it says Elijah did immediately after that? Look at the verse. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed low to the ground, and he prayed with his face between his knees. In other words, here's Elijah hey, the rain's coming back. And he's like, oh man, God, you better show up. I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little scared. I'm going to go to the mountain alone and humbly, kneeling down with my head between. God, please, please show up. I just called it out to this. It better happen. What if it never comes back again? It's been three and a half years. No one's seen, right? We forgot what it even looks like. And he's over there humbly alone on the mountain going, God, you better show up. And here's the first thing that you see in the process of Elijah coming into faith, building his faith, and in prayer, and this is what you had to do in your prayers. Number one, in your notes, start small. Start small. That God thinks it's okay to start small. Start with what you got. Here's when your problems look impossible, like Elijah, There's been no rain, God. I don't know if it's ever coming back again. Here's my prayer, alone, hiding on the mountain. God, God, please bring the rain back. But I just told them, like, please. He didn't stand in the the, the city courts and go, the rain is coming, and now let us wait. Right? He didn't publicly make, he went and he hid on the mountain, and he's like, head between his knees. God, you got to show up, man. I don't know if you're going to do this. I'm scared, but I pray that you show up. If you in your life right now are praying about something that looks insurmountable, impossible, it's daunting, like no way my marriage is ever gonna turn around. This is, it's bad right now, God. Hey, no way am I gonna get the raise and the promotion that I need to pay the bills here. Those other people are in line for it. They have seniority, but I feel like I should pray for that and I want it, but man, I'm over here on the mountain, small prayers, like, I I, I don't, I think you can do it. Jesus said, all it takes is a faith of a mustard seed to move mountains. And sometimes you're feeling like somebody cut the mustard seed in half and all you got is half a mustard seed. And here's what I wanna just encourage you today that I believe James is making a point of is the Jews already knew the process about Elijah. We just hear, oh, he said, let it rain and it rained. But the reality is Elijah was a little worried and he was praying small. I wanna encourage you today, that small prayers and small steps matter to God. Some of you, first time to church today, you squeaked in the door. You think, like, the place is going to fall down if I show up at church today. You know, like, it's not going to, I don't deserve it. I shouldn't be here. And your first small step is just showing up to church today. Well, you need to know that God sees you. And he's going, good job. Small steps matter. Small prayers matter. So start small. Zechariah 4.10 says, don't despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. God's going, no, no, small matters to me. It's good. So pray small prayers. Um, God hears your small prayers. When small prayers are all you've got. Some of you in the room today, you're praying about things, but all you got is small prayers. Your faith is not feeling like, yes, God is going to come through and bring healing. Your faith is like this. God, I believe you can. I'm not sure. It looks really hard, but I'm going to pray anyway. And your prayers are like this big. And you know what it says in Psalm 37:23 the lord directs the steps of the godly he delights in every detail of their lives in other words when i'm praying small prayers for the stuff going on in my life that looks like it'll never come to fruition oh it's never going to happen god i'm just going to pray anyway is that god delights in all those small little prayers and, and i believe that god is going like this i see you carl i heard you i know you barely had faith to whisper that prayer in the middle of the night but i got you man i got your back you keep praying I'm gonna honor those small prayers. So pray small prayers. Every small prayer matters to the heart of God. Can I get an amen for that this morning? Some of you, you know, all you got right now small prayers. You're devastated, but you're barely holding on. We'll start small, that's good. And then, and then what we see in this story with Elijah is that we need to be persistent. That's the second point. Because in the next few verses, after Elijah's over there and he's like, I'm hiding, their small prayers, he asks his servant something. Look what he says he tells his servant in 1 Kings eighteen forty three, He says, hey, I need you. He's over here praying on the mountain. He's like, I'm praying that the rain comes back. I think it's going to come from the ocean. And he tells him this, would you go and look out towards the sea? The servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Elijah's going, man, I'm praying over here. I hope God shows up. It's been three and a half years. Hey, can you go look in the ocean? Tell me what you see. Tell me when you see the clouds coming. He comes back. Hey, Elijah. Yeah? Nothing. Oh, oh. Now go again. Go again. Go again. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. Go again. Go check again. Okay, come back. Elijah. Yeah. No rain. Oh, why you do this to me, man? Okay, okay. Check again. And look what it says in the Bible right there. Next verse says, seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, Hey, you know what? I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Here's a persistent faith of Elijah. He didn't just automatically say, Rain, come back, and it came. He's over there praying, praying seven times. Keep looking, keep checking, keep looking, keep checking. I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. Well, okay, finally I saw something, Elijah, but it might have been. My eyes are bad, man. It might have just been like a swarm of bees or something, and it, it looked like a cloud, but it was super. It might have just been a puff of smoke. Someone might have been vaping out over there where I was like, you know, I was like, right? You guys see the people that vape anybody? You know, I, I'm not, no judgment, but, but the vape is so crazy. I'm driving around and like, I see like people driving, and all of a sudden I just see smoke coming out. Boom! Like these little things produce a lot of smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm driving, I'm like, dude, your car's on fire. Like, oh no, it's raspberry. You're good. You're vaping. Sorry, my bad, right? But here's a servant going, like, I've seen a little puff. It's just a tiny cloud, like the size of a man's. It's really nothing. And that's all Elijah needed because his faith is persistent. He's praying seven times. He goes, that's it. Look what he says. He says, he, says, he shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot, go back home, because if you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And sure enough, you know what happened? That little, cra- that little cloud grew into a crazy, heavy, cloudy pouring torrential rains, rainstorm, and all the rain came back in, and here's what happened, is the miracle showed up. But the miracle only came, the end result, as part of this process of growing the faith where prayer is going, I'm gonna start small on the mountain, alone by myself, God, please show up. And then it's like, well, I'm gonna stay persistent. Hey, go check, did you see it? Nope, check, did you see it? Nope, did you see it? Did you see it? Nope, he was persistent, that he kept on. And here's what happens when you're persistent, is that the miracle will come. It may not come when you want it to, I wish it would have come the first time I checked, not seven times. I was freaked out and panicking a little bit, God, but I'm gonna remain persistent, and the miracle came. Paul tells us in Romans 12:12 that we should be patient in our trouble, and that we should keep on praying. Pray and wait, because God is developing your faith. Your faith is growing, that life and faith is a process. Seven years ago, I became lead pastor of this church. My dad transitioned out as lead pastor. I became the new lead pastor. With it, I was, like, scared. Leaning on God, saying, "I need a miracle here. You got to show up. Like, but you've called me to this, so I'm going to walk in this. It's a it's a holy moment. I know what it's meant to be. And I'm thinking, this man with this comes a new capacity for me. Like I'm in a new position. I'm in a new role. And with this new capacity is going to come new favor on my life, new anointing to lead at a higher level. And with all this is there's got to be new levels of blessing. And so God, I'm like, I'm walking into this thing seven years ago. And I, wow, new levels of blessing, new levels of anointing, new levels of favor. And what happened was God goes, hey, before you get that, there's going to be a new level of suffering. I was like, why? You know, like literally like, no. And you guys don't know this. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. But with all the growth and all the blessing and all that's happened around here in Anchor Church in the past seven years, it has taken a toll on my personal life and some areas of suffering and some personal stuff. Like this is It's been the greatest seven years of my life and literally the worst seven years of my life. And I'm not joking. If you're in my inner circle, you know, and people are going, Carl, we don't know how you do it. And again, it goes back to the power of prayer. But here's the thing that I know. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, pity party for Pastor Carl and and all that. I don't want you coming back. Hey, brother, can I pray for you? I know you're hurting. Like, no, 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 it's not. Focus isn't on me. I'm I'm saying this to let you know that the thing that's getting me through this is the belief that I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to be praying and waiting, because I believe that the miracle is right around the corner for me. And so the season of suffering, at some point, is going to come to an end, and I'm just going to get that time of favor, the year of Jubilee, the good stuff. And I believe, because I felt God telling me this. It's, Carl, in the suffering, I'm preparing you for the future glory. And so you won't know real peace and joy unless you experience real suffering. So that's where you're at. But Carl, here's what I need you to do. Stay persistent in your prayers. Keep holding on, keep your integrity, keep going, because the prayer is right, the miracle is right around the corner. And for you sitting in church today, it's not just a word for me, that's a word for you. You stay consistent, you stay persistent, you keep on praying because your miracle is right around the corner. Amen? Amen. Look what Psalm 27, 13 says. Great promise for your life. This is, I posted this on Instagram because I was so fired up on this verse yesterday. Psalm 27, 13 and 14 says. Yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. In other words, I'm not gonna wait till I die and go to heaven to see the goodness of God. No, I'm confident that my day is coming, that the good stuff is around the corner and I'm gonna hold on because the next verse says, wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Your miracle might just be one prayer away. So go ahead and pray that prayer. It might be the seventh time that the servant checked, and here comes the rain cloud. But your, your miracles are around the corner. Now, here's how James ends this whole letter, this whole chapter, the whole book of James. We're just going to end with this really quickly. Two, two verses that are powerful. He tells us all about prayer, and then he says this You need to stay connected. Look what he says in the next two verses. He ends his whole letter My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings a sinner back from wandering, will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. And this is how James thinks it's so important that the last thing he says to believers everywhere that he's writing to is, he's saying this, stay connected. All that I've just taught you about Jesus and God and his wisdom and his His living out your faith, stay connected to God. That's the best place possible. But in saying that, make sure that none of your friends that know God and his goodness, make sure that none of them wander off that if you can bring them back, you're gonna save them from death. You're gonna save a multitude. You're gonna just do a a, a multiplied work, but make sure that everything that James just taught us, you stay connected to, but make sure you don't let other people wander off. A couple weeks ago on my time off, I went surfing in town with Pastor Tom. We went out surfing at the spot in town. The waves were really fun that way. There was a little South swell that snuck in in the winter and we were stoked. We were having a good time out there. And about an hour later, as we're out there surfing, is one of our friends paddles out. And it was Matt from the worship team. You guys all know Matt Park that's up here with the buttery vocals, like, you know, he's good. I love him, man. so he comes paddling out on the surfboard. And he, you know, he's the Matt that's married to the Anu, the power couple, right? The Matt and Anu couple. But anyways, he comes paddling out and he's got a couple of our youth group kids with him, two high school kids. And I love to see our kids out there in the water. It's just fun. But two of them come paddling out with Matt And they come all out. They're like, "Oh, what's up, Pastor Carl, Uncle Carl? What do we call you again?" You know, like, I just love that though. But they're out there, and there's a a a guy and a girl. And as we're sitting there in the good spot, getting a lot of waves, they kind of drift over out to where there's no waves. They're a little intimidated. They're like, "Oh, we don't want to get in the way of all the uncles in the water out there. Like, like we're not that good." These and the boy said, "Like, oh, these are the best waves I've ever surfed." So he's like, "They're kind of like, we're just gonna kind of cruise on the side over here." And I'm in there, and I and I look over, and I'm getting waves, and I'm like. Hey! And they're like, oh, what? Because I'm still Pastor Carl, right? So they're a little intimidated. Oh, Pastor Carl's yelling at me. I'm <laughs> like, hey, come over here, right? And so they're like, what? Come over here. You're missing the, all the waves. You're in the, you're in the wrong spot. You're in the wrong zone. This is the good zone. This is where the waves are all at. Like, okay, they come over. I said, hey, you got this. You know if there's other guys out here trying to get in the way? Me and Tom and Matt, we'll block them. We'll make sure that you get all the waves. like And catch every, try for everything. Paddle for this. One. I'm yelling, I'm, go go for this one, get this one. And they get a couple waves. And here's the reason is, I want them to experience all the good, the blessing, the, the waves that are coming in. I want them to have the best time possible. And the problem was, they just drifted out of the good spot. They drifted out of the good zone. And sometimes our friends will drift out of the God zone. And they'll drift out of his blessing. And all the stuff that James is promising us if we stay connected to him, sometimes there's people in our lives sitting here maybe today just kind of slip out and they drift away from God a little bit. And James ends his letter by saying, don't allow that to happen. Would you put your faith in action and would you make sure that you bring those people back in? doesn't matter why they wandered off or where they're at. Just get them back into the sweet spot. Get them back in the zone. James is saying, you better live your faith. You better look like that. Importance of prayer, but importance for staying in the sweet spot and bringing other people into that place as well. So invite someone to Easter. Love on people. That's the end of the book of James. Were you guys blessed with that? Is that good? Let's pray. Because we're going to worship after this. We got two songs of worship. Don't leave now. Oh, it's over. I'm out of here. I got to eat lunch. No, 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 no. We're going to spend some time with the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for speaking to our lives through James and and all that you have for us um, in that book and how encouraging it is, Father God. Pray that, that our prayers would become more powerful, more consistent, that we would pray first instead of using it as a last resort. It would be our first response. I pray, Father God, today that if there's anybody in the room here today that you're far from God and you know it, you're just sitting here right now going, man, this sounds good. I haven't been to church in a while or I've never been to church like this. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm learning something. This is good. I, I think I need God in my life. I need more of this in my life. Well, let me just tell you, you absolutely do. We all do. We need as much of God as we can get. And if you're far from him and you want to be brought into a relationship with him, I want to lead you in a prayer right now that will put you in a relationship with him. And as we're praying, Everybody's eyes are closed and heads are bowed, but I would love to lead anybody in this room here in a simple prayer that would just get you in the right relationship with God. Simple, simple, prayer from the heart, just letting him know where you're at and that you wanna follow him here today. And I'm gonna lead you in this prayer. So that means I'm gonna say the words out loud and you just pray them quietly in your heart and you you give these words to God in your heart. God sees your heart, he judges you in your heart. Sometimes talk is cheap, so he just wants to see your heart right now. If you wanna pray this prayer with me to become a Christian, to know that you're in, that you know that God's got his hand upon your life, he forgives you, he heals you, he doesn't judge you, he only wants good things for you. If that's you and you would like to pray this with me, then before we pray, I'm gonna ask you one thing. No one's looking in the room right now. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed. If you want to pray to say, God, I want to follow you. I want to be a Christian. I want you in my life. I just want to see what you could do. If that's you and you want to pray with me right now, can you let me know that we're praying together by raising your hand right now? Can you just lift your hand and hold it up? Good. I see you. I see you. I see you. You just got to know that you've been seen. I got you. I got you. I saw a couple hands going back there. Can you keep them up? I just want you to know that I've seen you, that I acknowledge you. Good. I see you. I see you. I see you here, here, there. Some people over on the side here. I see a couple over there. If you're in the kids' family room in the back or you're in the courtyard, right now. Somebody sees you. I see that hand over there. I see this one up front. Good. I see all of those hands. Oh, awesome. So, so good, too, right here. Praise God. Would you put your hands down right now and make this a prayer of your heart really quickly, but this is very powerful. Sincerely, in your heart, you pray this. God, I'm here today and I need you in my life. Lord, I believe it's as simple as letting you know that and asking you to come into my life. And so, Lord, that's what I'm saying here right now. I believe in you. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you. I believe, Jesus, that you came to die in my place for my sin and separation from God so that I wouldn't have to deal with that. I wouldn't have to deal with with eternity in hell, but because of this prayer right now, Lord, I'm guaranteed I'm going to heaven. And not only that, but life gets better here on earth as I begin to talk to you and pray and let you into my life. I'm gonna see healing, I'm gonna see miracles, I'm gonna see forgiveness. Walked out your presence in my life. And, And Lord, I wanna stay in that spot. I wanna stay connected and I wanna make sure I go after my friends that are out there that have wandered off, Lord, they need to know this too. So Lord, I'm telling you right now, I believe in you. I'll follow you all of my days. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior from this day forward. From here on out, I can't wait to see the new creation that you're going to make with my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we praise God a little bit for the people that, yes, so good.